This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. He does not usually come. He comes usually disguised and, and, and colored and doesn't look like grace. That's why he says in John chapter 1 verse 12, he said he came unto his home and they did not receive him. And it pained him. Even up back to Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 9, Apostle Paul was still lamenting and said, how can these people hear, how could they have heard the voice of grace and not recognize or respond unto it? And do you know many are still hearing the voice of grace today and they are not responding. And as I said, it might not sound the way you think it will sound. It might not look as the way you think it will look. But once you begin to train yourself, you will learn to respond to the voice of grace. I pray for you and I one more time. Daily, you will hear the voice of grace. Because grace is speaking. Amen. Grace is speaking. And God is willing and ready to speak that voice into our lives. And it's for us to pick it up as we go up. And I have only one area that I want to emphasize on today. It's not a multi point message. It's a single point message and that single point message is that the voice of grace is usually when a higher authority beckons unto you and we will define what higher authority means. Beckons unto you to come. Amen? The word is always come. It's always always, always come. It's usually people that you look up unto. Of course the greatest authority is God. Amen? And through people, God calls us into the place of exaltation, into the place of blessing. Jesus Christ, our Lord, when he called the disciples, he came as a man. And so God is still calling people through men. And I will look at some sections of the populations of sections in the people you interact with day by day that could be the voice of grace into your life. Number one, you must learn to have people that you look up to. Those that don't have anybody, they don't have any mentors, they have not looked up onto anybody, they believe the earth is a flat ground, they are on and all, they, are, they usually don't qualify for grace. You know why they don't qualify for grace? Because the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up in due time. Do you, you do you, that you believe the day you are born, you are totally, and I'm not talking about you looking down on yourself. I'm talking about you recognizing that you have a journey to make. Recognizing that people have gone ahead of you. Recognizing that there are people that God has raised in our generation and, and the generations past that you could look up to and say, Lord, I love what is in the life of that man. I've mentioned to you many times before, most of the grace that I enjoy, I just see preachers, I just people, I say, Lord, I covet that. You know, they stick on me. There was a time we could barely remember any Bible verse. I've mentioned that to you many times. I'm more science inclined. I never did literature in school. You ask me to act a play, you're going to hear a totally different play from what you asked me to memorize because I will just come up with my own. Now that I'm going to add lips of something, any something reasonable at all, I just can't memorize. But I look at people, I say, Lord, give me that grace. You must have people, and that is usually those are the voices of grace we are talking about. You must have them. You must have them. There are some of us that we go around, we have no, and I'm repeating that again. In fact, I'm a little bit cautious of people. They say, we were in the gospel together, I say, where were you coming from? Where did you get born again? You've told me. Who was your pastor? Who were you looking up to until that time? Perfect to a day? Of course not. All sorted? Of course not. 
But the truth of the matter is that for everyone, for every Abraham, there are issues. But yet, Abraham remained Abraham. For every Jacob, there are issues. But yet, Israel became Israel. Don't worry yourself about, oh, you might be well off, Lord. And the more you prompted the fact that people are flawed and you cannot follow people and you cannot, you know, look up to people, the more the person will never rise. You must have, those are the voices of grace. That's why I say it's a single point message for you today. May the Lord open your eyes. May the Lord open my eyes. And may we begin to hear the voice of grace and begin to see God move in our lives. I, there are many instances in the Bible in which, and we're going to use quite a few Bible stories to emphasize what we're talking about here. And for you to know, and then I will break them down into small bits of different categories of people in your life. But let's just first of all look at a man that had the voice of grace. That's just a general introduction to stir our hearts up that this week, in the name of Jesus, you will hear the voice of grace. The voice of grace, do you know, is in employment. The voice of grace in that contract being signed. Because God is speaking through that person that doors have been opened for you. Genesis chapter 41. You remember the story of the man Joseph. That guy was always hearing the voice of grace. I've had my hard copy of the Bible here. I marked, I love Joseph so much. There are seven areas in which the man, in fact we had a sermon on that before, I remember. There are seven pillars of grace in the life of Joseph. He had grace with the family. He had favor. Favor we used, he called it at that time. He had favor with the father. He had favor even with the sibling because one of the siblings refused to let him be killed. That was favor. The thing just switched on. He had favor where he was serving as, a, as in the house of Potiphar and all up to the palace. But the one that we have in Genesis chapter 41, what he had was wonderful in verse 14. And as I say, this just to encourage your heart that you will hear the voice of grace as well. Then Pharaoh, Genesis 41, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. Somebody will send and call you too. And they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. This guy, everywhere and any place he went to, there's something about him. He's always ready, ready to go. When they call him, he will answer. People in jail, fellow, fellow prisoners, they were saying, we needed help. They called him. He recognized that's ahead of time. That's the voice of grace. That's the way it works. Many a times, demands that were placed on you, you don't know. They are pathway onto your breakthrough. Many a times, we shun it. And that was the beginning of his journey. Because he didn't know that it was God that was setting him up onto his breakthrough. And eventually, he had a very big voice. The voice of Pharaoh, the king in the land. And it was brought unto him. Mark chapter 10, verses 48 to 49. Mark chapter 10, verses 48 and 49. Then many warned him to be quiet. Now, let's start and quickly read the story of Bartimaeus. I know not everybody is very conversant with these scriptures, but let's give everybody a chance today. Let's go to verse 45. I think it starts from, and then we look for even the son of Mark, verse 46, please. He said, now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bertimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Hallelujah. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, that man was a clever man. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. 
So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. He commanded him to be called. Hallelujah. He commanded him. He heard that voice. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rice is calling. I say one more time somebody will receive a good call this week. You will receive a good call this week in the name of Jesus. You hear the voice of grace over that telephone line. They say, Are you XYZ? He said, Yes, I am. You probably will feel them smiling on the other end of the phone. And they will give you the good news. The voice of grace is there for us to tap into. A bigger verse of, or a bigger passage of scripture I want us to look into quickly is 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 to 13. Oh God, may I hear your voice. 2 mm. Samuel chapter 9. It's a long passage as well, giving everybody a chance to know this story if you don't know the story before. And I read from verse 1. Now David said, is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Stop there. Stop there. Stop there. Verse 1 again. We'll, go, we'll try and do a quick walk through this one. It's a typical story of grace. Um, Put it on the screen for me. I'm reading for Thank you very much. Now David said, is there still anyone who is left of the house of David that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? I don't know what David was thinking on that day. I don't know the side of bed he woke up from. He suddenly woke up and said, Jonathan was my friend. His dad was like a father to me. I just want to be kind to them. They are dead now. I can't, I can't have anything to do with them. I don't know. And usually grace happens when people just suddenly think about you. They, they are doing their business and suddenly they just say, ah, this guy, it's been a long time. Let me just send something to him. It might just be this guy, we've discussed about his matter a long time. Lord, answer him. Grace starts by those who will show favor to you hearing the voice of grace themselves. It is the voice they hear that they will translate onto acting on your behalf. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And usually, as I mentioned to you, that's why you must keep relationship. Is somebody saying amen to that one? It was relationship that blessed this boy. It was the father's relationship that blessed him. I mentioned that to you sometime before. The very first job I had it was like a school teacher, not big. It was somewhere in a village. In fact, getting the job and leaving the village was, take that off the screen for now. We'll come back to it in a moment. I think people may want to see my face now. Amen. You know, I remember I applied for a primary school teacher after I finished my secondary school. And, um, you know, my mother was just widowed. And I just opted, in all fairness, to stay at home with her for one year. Um, thank God it paid off. It, it didn't affect me adversely at the, at the end of the day. And then, with long story caution, I said, well, I can't just sit at home. I said, look, you know what? Let's just send um, this application to be a primary school teacher. So somebody saw it. He said, I'm You know? And I said, ah, that's our X, Y, Z, you know, spoke so well about my father and he said, but there's no job in the city and there's a best school, you know, in the town. There are two best schools there. That one of them I attended. Right? It's not posh. You don't worry when I say best school. It's just one of those best, best relative to your village. All right. Is that okay? So, you know, so, um, and so, and the guy said, but we don't have any admission here, whatever. And they said, well, nearest one is about 
um, 30 minutes, drive away, but it's right into the bush, to be honest with you. A vehicle goes on Monday, a vehicle comes back on Friday. I've told you the story before, some of you that knew it. I mean, I had a posh seat in front in the lorry that we took to the village. Um, and that posh seat, about five of us, we shared with the driver. Those of you who know those lorry, God bless you. If you don't, sorry, you've missed in life. You know, those are the good things of life that you have missed. And so, anyway, so we'll go there. And then, but when I was in that village, somebody had a voice. I don't know the voice they had. And the man said, Ah, Gwile, you are still there. Bring him back to town. I think within three months, I came back to town and I went to that best school. This best school I attended, sincerely. And in fact, the papa that was uh, the prince, the headmaster of that school, he was wondering because it, it, myself, another young guy, were the youngest in that school. We were just secondary school. They don't take secondary school leave because it's, it's a more a serious school. But all came from the fact that Jonathan's father was the one that connected me. Don't despise where you are coming from. Voice and the blessing of grace can come from there. Verse 2, please, of Second Samuel chapter 9. And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Verse 3, please, we keep going. Then the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul? Now, why was this man doing everything to trace this boy? Somebody will trace you and find you by all means in the name of Jesus. And I'm serious about that. Are you hearing me? When I was praying, I said, I said, Lord, let prophetic words come out today. The Lord is witness between you and I. And I didn't sleep in time. Maybe some of you in the hall, you would probably say that I was yawning. I didn't sleep in time at all. And my heart was just kind of let prophetic. I was, and I, be, I just remember that now. I pray for you one more time in the name that's above all names. People will lose their sleep over your matter. Until the purpose, or until the purpose of their hearts are fulfilled to bless you. King Saul was doing, uh, King um, David was doing everything. He said, so that, and Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. You probably, if you have listened to many messages, but you have heard about the story of grace. It's about you that you are lame being taken up. You know that. Those that don't have any, any incapacitation or, or any disability, that's the right word for it. Those that are not lame emotionally, those that are not lame by their qualification, those that are not lame by whatever, by your connection, you probably don't deserve grace. Grace is about somebody being lame and being picked up again. And that's why never you be ashamed of the weakness that is in you. Give it to Jesus. You remember 2 Corinthians chapter 12? He said, I will rather glory in infirmity. Some people, you are hiding where you are coming from. Let people know. If your past is not particularly glorious, let anybody laugh at you. By the special mercy of God, out of it, you are going to come up. This man, when he wrote, Audacity of Hope, I was surprised how he exposed his whole background. The father was a drunk. Yes, he was in the state. Eventually, he said, that's how, that's where I came from. The mother was twice and three times married. The man said, that's where I came from. But God lifted it. Many of you, you have airbrushed what God is looking for to make you qualify for grace. Your lameness. You have tried to paint it over. That's, what, that's where you are coming from. That's what God wants the world to know. Until the world knows that that is your background, you may not even qualify. That you are falling many times, the world may need to know it. So that when grace comes, people will say, indeed, he was unqualified. 
And I know we all need to be discreet about what we share, but sometimes don't go out of your way to hide things. If, it's, if it is made known about where you were coming from, let it be known. God wants the world to know it so that when he lifts you, they will know what is done for you. Let's go to the next verse, please. We're going very quickly. It's a very particular passage for me. So king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he's in the house of Micaiah, the son of Amiel, in Lodiba. You have heard of Lodiba before? Lodiba means, low means no. Diba means place. That is, is in a no place. You know, many commentaries and many Bible dictionaries, they translated it by nothing to no place, to no location. So I don't know where Lodiba is. Lodiba either is remote or this guy is unlocated. This guy is in a, is a, is in a place that is so unknown or, or, or of worthless place. A lame man. In nowhere, in no place, he qualifies for grace. Somebody listening to me now? Don't worry yourself. Then King David said, sent and brought him out of the house of Micaiah. Brought him out of Lodiba, the son of from Lodiba. Brought him from Lodiba. Brought him from that dirty place. Brought me from that village. Took me to a highly exalted place by my own standard, but it didn't stop there. Took me further and further. It's taking you as well. I'm not ashamed of where I was coming from. Many people worried. I said, we thought that your background was so prim and proper. Yes, it was prim and proper in the context of where I'm coming from. Then King sent and brought him out of Lodiba. Let's go to the next verse quickly because of our time. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth! And he answered, here is your servant. I've mentioned to you again, the humble are the only people that God can elevate. Can I hear your amen wherever you are? If I don't have any grace, give me the grace to be humble, Lord. And me, I first saw that as far back as 1989. Is it, was it 89? It should be 89. I don't want to tell you the full story about it. I was already a believer, but very young believer. I look at political and I look at things around me, and I find that God has an uncanny way of pushing aside those that seem qualified and lifting up those that don't seem qualified. Sometimes some of them, they can be catastrophic. Sometimes some of them can be so. But sometimes God has made his point. What I'm saying to you this morning, that by the power in the name of Jesus, no matter how low you have been or you are, as long as you humble yourself, amen, self-promotion has its place, but it's a very, very small place. I'd rather God promote me. And God is promoting people, believe you me. I have plenty of stories to tell you. Right? Because I'm saying this on a wide-ranging area. Many stories to tell you of how God brought me this far. How God brought me this far. Somebody was at a time, even within, even as recently as when I'm in the work of the gospel, somebody has said, what is happening? You know, you labor so much, you've done everything. You know, and a human being, we everybody looks for recognition. Have you, somebody even said, have you offended? So I said, I've offended nobody. But got to the point in which when God decided to do it, people were then looking for me. Within my own church system and outside of it, 
I could have been writing memos and say, don't you know what I'm doing here? No. And I know people that were doing that, even inflating figures, whatever. I said, look, when God's time is going to promote, and many look at me now, from far and wide, at the topmost level. I don't know how I say that to you with, without sounding too, okay, uh, let, let me put flesh to it. Let me put flesh to it. I mean, yes, and that's, is huge because I mentioned to you earlier on, always have this heart, always have this heart to look up to people. Amen? Uh-huh. Because that's the only way up. And then I look up to my own father and the Lord, our dear general overseer. And I remember the first time, he just came to London, I didn't know why, he just, nobody knew there's a place called Aberdeen, Redeemed Church, I think we just got this building then or whatever, nobody knew, we were just, you know, walking, you know, like jackass, thank God for that, and we're doing it willingly. And just decided to say, I want to visit Aberdeen. And he came, he just, he just, you know, I had to quickly arrange, and it was totally far back, what year was that, 19, eh? You can't remember. It's been quite a long time now. And he just said he wanted to visit Abadin. So I had to quickly arrange. And it was just a day trip. Came quickly. Um, if, if the church is full, I will have asked you, those of you that remember. Uh, we quickly arranged it. And I remember, I don't know who mentioned my name. I think the person was driving. And that person might be listening today. Was driving daddy and mommy in the car. And as they were coming, I was a total unknown. And that matters much to me. And that's, that's, that can be scaled to any area of where that you are functioning. But I'm just using that as a practical example for you. And Mama Jill was saying, who is this Dr. Benley? I don't know who I've said anything about him. I don't know anything. I was just busy doing my own thing. When time came, when the time came, God decided. And I believe that can be scaled to every, you know, I was asking the person that, because he didn't know me amongst the many. And so he said, laying on the, on the guy, he said, when he sees him, you should, because we're just running around. What I'm saying is that above all things, let God lift you up. Are, are you hearing me? Let's quickly finish that story. Amen. I, I don't know who that was beneficial for. God is going to promote you. Amen. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Also, eat bread at the king's table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? We read through quickly now. And the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I've given to your master's son all that belonged to Saul and to all his house. This Ziba later on betrayed this guy because this very first meeting, Ziba didn't like it. He was saying that this guy is lame. Why are you going to show him grace? But at the end of it, Mephibosheth still never lost his place. Because the king still restored back to him a portion. Because the king acted rashly. All this thing that was happening, Ziba was grumbling. He was angry. He said, why are you going to? This lame boy, why are you giving him the chance? But eventually, God still stood for him. You, therefore, and your sons and your servants shall walk the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest. Remember, those land were actually Jonathan's land. So Ziba has surreptitiously stolen them. He didn't know that something is coming. Maybe you are listening to me this morning. Something that belongs to you has been taken away from you. There will be restoration. Mm, there will be restoration. 
And I'm not asking you to go around and start fighting for your ancestors' lands or whatever. But sometimes it's good to do that. God cautioned me at the time. I said, I'm not interested. I mean, not much, you know, part of what my parents left behind. And, and it was, I follow. And the Lord said, look, go fight for it. He said, That's, it's, it's a principle. And not really fight for it, but, but stand on the place. And so, this man eventually had what belonged to him, but we can take that off now. Hallelujah. All right, let me break this very quickly into a few biteable chunks of the group of people that you must do all within your power to listen to because out of their mouth, the voice of grace may come. Amen. Hallelujah. Number one, do not miss out when you are called to serve by church leadership. Amen. Do not. I've seen so many miss out both in the secular progress they will have had and in the spiritual progress they will have had. Do not miss out when you are called to serve by church leadership. I've got many Bible verses here. We've not got the time to look into them. Joshua became Joshua not because of anything, but because of Exodus chapter 17, verses 9 to 10. That's how Joshua sealed his faith forever. If it's a departmental level, they ask you to do something. Let your default mode be, yes, I will. Then even if you want to come back later and negotiate that it is more difficult than you thought, please give me room, they will. But let your default mode. We've heard of people, we ask them to do things before. And leaders, they do pray before they ask you to do something. Don't miss the voice of grace. Ask you to do something. Say, I go and pray about it. I'm not asking you not to pray about it. What I'm telling you is that let it be joy. Amen. Let it be joy. Be amongst those that will turn up for special prayers. Well, I'm looking for several people to join me in prayer. He said, Pastor, let me go and seek the face of God to join. I mean, I'm not. Totally everybody has a relationship with God. I totally believe that. But as I mentioned to you, Joshua... Well, those people that I never even read the story before, well, I read the story, but it never came to my mind until I was studying this a little bit further, that there were the people that some of us followed in the way to do things, and God has proven himself through Exodus chapter 17, verses 9 and 10. Hallelujah. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us seven men, sorry, some men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Stop there. Leave it there. Chapter 12, Passover. Chapter 13, they left. Chapter 14, they got to the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. Chapter 15, they were singing the song of Miriam and the song of Moses. You remember? Chapter 16, they continued on their journey into the wilderness of Zin. Chapter 17, raw people. You can put time on it. Maybe weeks, maximum of months. They never fought a battle. They were slaves. They were carrying bricks and straw. They didn't know anything about warfare. The man didn't say, what? Choose who? Who? This one that didn't know, that can't distinguish between a, um, a sword and a hoe. And I to choose them? The guy said, verse 10, what did he say? So Joshua, what? Did ask Moses said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and all went up. To, because the man knew there's no way Joshua could have won that battle. They were rookies. They were totally unlearned. They didn't know, they don't know anything about warfare. The man said, we can't win with this guy. 
And sometimes when you are sent to do something, people that send you, they know you can't win on your own. So they always, usually they're on the mountaintop praying for you. Listen carefully, don't miss out. And those of us, through the ages, either, um, and I will tell you other categories, and I don't, because when I talk about church, you might think I'm biased about that, and we're always talking about workers or whatever. No, it's a life principle. The man was on the mountain. And so very soon, just to prove to Joshua that he was not the one fighting, when the hand of Moses came down, what was happening? They were losing. When the house of Moses went up, they were who was fighting the battle? I know it's a common quiz we give. They say it's everybody, it's Joshua, everybody. But let's be very sincere with ourselves. God could have defeated them without Joshua. Because he did this other times, didn't he? Hailstone fell down. So all this one that we talk about, where Joshua need to be, God was just trying to pick Joshua out of many through that obedience. Because this same Joshua that you think was so good and everything, as they were close to the promised land, and they were sent to go and spy himself and Caleb, out of, the, out of both of them, Caleb was the stronger one. And I can you show you Bible passages to mention that? But God didn't pick Caleb. He picked Joshua because of his obedience. No, he didn't pick him. I mean, I got Bible verse to prove to you. Number one, when you go back to that, Numbers chapter 14, I said, and he started listening, he kept on saying, but, Joshua, but Caleb, the son of Noam, was a different spirit. He didn't say Joshua, he didn't say Caleb and Joshua. He said Caleb, the son of was of a different spirit. And he went on eventually, when Caleb then went on to Joshua and spoke to him, not as a boss, but as equal. I said, you were there when the man of God sent us to go and check that land. And you remember that as, as strong as I was and I am now, he said, now give me this land, give me this mountain. And Joshua said, I know I'm just a caretaker. When it comes to the strength, you are. But grace flowed to Joshua to make him the leader because of that initial obedience. A difficult field he decided to go into. Stop arguing. Some of you, we have asked you to go and start a church and I need to be very honest with you now. You made all the excuses under the sun. Of course, who, who ever feels qualified? Think I felt qualified when I was called? Was called when I said I had a day job. So you have a day job? And until God said that to now prove to you, not that it's your intellect, it's your professionalism, it's your status in society, I'm going to take that away from you. I'm going to ask you to leave it and then see whether I will still not lift you up. And that can be in anything, it can be in business, it can be in occupation, it can be in anything. But please listen, the voice of grace comes through men of God when they speak to you. And don't be too clever. That's this, the combat to the issue of, of, of humility. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm growing in it. I've, I've more than shown to you before. Um, it's a journey for me. I still have my pride. And so I'm not talking to fellow people. It's not, a, it's not a humble man talking to you. It's a proud man talking to you. Telling you that this journey, let's walk it together. And I'm just sharing tips for you. Don't ever call me humble. We're coming in, in, in faith. Amen. <laughs> because I know. Got my chips on my own shoulders as well. But God is taking care of it. Amen? So, that's one area where the voice of grace can come. Let me tell you another area where the voice of grace can come. Wow. Someone's quarter passed already. Check carefully when civic authorities call you to help. Check carefully when civic authorities call you to help. Do not throw it away. You see, in those days, when, for instance, if the 
Lord Provost sent for me, oh, I quickly go. Even if a school teacher sent for me and said, we need you, oh, I pack my things and go. God might be the voice of grace. We are servants. And they don't need, and sometimes they make school board. We don't join. We are too busy. Those are the voices of grace. Because until you turn up, you don't receive the ability to do it. We don't, we don't store it. He said, Lord, you just make me to be an eloquent person. Well, you won't be eloquent until you mount the pulpit with your stammering. Oh, Lord, I want to sing very well. I want to sing very well. Well, put yourself forward to sing. And then when you are singing there and you are going through the correction and tutelage and humbling yourself, you'll be a good singer. So, we don't, we don't, grace is not stored. Grace is given as per moment and time. And the most important thing about it is that all these things, they come. Calls are always outside there to call people to step in and do what is required of them. Hallelujah. When calls come from your family head or significant person, consider it carefully. It might be the call of grace. They've offended you before. And I mentioned that on Wednesday. Stop complaining. They're asking, they're asking. They're asking, Lord, please, just supply. It'll be a call of grace. And when we go on about it, the one last one I gave them, they squander it, they did, they did that. He said, Lord, just help them. Because I believe there can be a stage in which whatever you are belly aching about that they are squandered, it will mean nothing to you. You agree with me? I mean, if you give me five pounds and I decided to just not spend it away, I don't think you will lose any sleep about that. Are you there with me? Well, maybe for most of you, if you give me 5,000 and it did not land where it ought to land, you will cry a little bit. Am I, not, am I correct? Because that's where we are. But do you know life can be so structured that 5,000 will be like five pounds to you? Uh, uh, yes, what are you talking about? Even your journey so far. If you look back now, I mean, where you are. I have got stories to tell you with permission. With permission. With permission. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, in the early days, my wife used to tell me, Magnum has to be calculated by Magnum ice cream. Oh, it's a special treat. I'm not, I'm not rich yet. Yeah. Well, I think, but between us, I can buy three cartons of Magnum <laughs> and distribute. And yet, there was a time Magnum has to be planned for. Did you hear me? I had to plan for Magnum. And if you're in that position, that pastor, what are we talking about? I'm still planning for Magnum now. Don't worry. The time will come. When even if the thing melts on the table, and you say, ah, you won't try to beat, well, we should not even talk about that now. There should be no beating. You know, you won't try to discipline the child so much over melting Magnum. You say, oh, go and take another one. Life is scale. Amen? And we are going somewhere with the Lord. Amen. All right, well, the upper itself has closed. I think he said I should close now. All right.
So I think the last one is that when set up by superiors to fail, trust God to help you. When you are set up by superiors to fail, trust God to help you. And that was the story of, um, of Obedido. Hmm? It can also be the call of grace. And I'm talking to those of you, maybe you're an employee or you're in business, and you know that they're asking you to do something with above your capacity and capability. Don't grumble. Just say, Lord, help me. You know they plan, they want you to fail. You know it. And both of you can look at each other in the eye. They know it. You knew it, that this is planned for you to fail. Just take it. I say, Lord, this is a call of grace. This is a voice of grace. That was what happened to Pididum. I would have loved to read that for those that are not conversant with the story, but those of you that can flow with it, you know. I mean, why would David do what he did? Why, why, why would David do what he did? Please quickly put on the screen for me verses 9 and 10 of 2 Samuel chapter 6. I think I can cut it. And then we can, verses 9 and 10 of 2 Samuel chapter 6. David was afraid. Go to verse 8, please. I will close on this. It's okay. Amen. And David became angry. Oh, gosh, it's so difficult to read the story without context. Verse 7. <laughs> okay, then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah. Uzzah touched the ark. Is that okay? And so, and, then, and God struck him there for his error. Is that okay? And he died, Uzzah died there by the ark of God. Verse 8, please. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. And he called the name of the, the name of the place Perez Uza to this day. Is that okay? Okay, the anger against Uza or breakout against Uza. David was afraid of the Lord. Listen carefully to me that day. And he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? Verse 10. So, everyone says, So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, into his own house, put it like that. But David took it aside into the house of Obedid of the Gittite. King, come on. Ah, 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 ah. if you were Obedidom, what will you do? Eh? You run. <laughs> so we run. Some will give the king a bad press. How wicked is this? But verse 10, verse 11. Let's read through so that I just close on that. Just to tell you that when you are set up, just take it. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obedidom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obedidom and all his household. Hallelujah. Stay there. God did what? Bless the house of Obedidom. And what? His household. Now see king again. That tells you all these great people, they have flaws. Verse 12. Now it was told King David, <laughs> say the Lord has blessed the house of Abedidah and all that belongs to him because of the ark of the Lord. So David went. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it's like comic story, isn't it? <laughs> It wasn't going well with the guy. You said the guy's a fair, the guy is the guy is succeeding, and you then want to take the blessing away again. Hallelujah. And nobody don't care quiet. Those of you trashing around, it's not fair. This place have, I'm even living. Uh, see people, and you're gonna be in heaven with them. And God will look at you. I mean, this sucks. I'm sorry to use that. It sucks what King David did. It's not right. Sir, it's not right. 
When it was bad, you don't want to have any part with it, isn't it? When it's good, you want to have all of it. So sometimes when they set you up to fail, say, Lord, help me. But Bedidon must have prayed and say, Lord, help me. And God helped him. The greatest voice of grace you can hear, of course, is the voice of salvation. You are aware of that. If you have heard that voice and you have responded, God bless you. Amen? If you don't respond, please respond today. Are you hearing me? You could see that most of my speech I was using pre and post. I said, 1980 something, I said, I was already born again there. There was a point in my life when I knew that the past is past, the new has begun. Are you following me? If your own new has begun and things seem not to have been going so well, cry to him today. Hear that voice of grace again. Amen? And then all these other voices of grace, they will come in place. Bow your head as we pray. Thank you, Father. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.